Welcome to The Outpouring with Executive Pastor Bob Oliver of the New Covenant Church of Philadelphia. So today, listen, I just want to have a really brief conversation. Just a really brief conversation. It's youth service. So mama, if you don't mind, just real quick. Daddy, if you don't mind, real quick. Can we just put our right hand in the air like this right here and just wave it real quick? Good stuff. And I want you to go like this right here, okay? And then I want you to go, ugh, okay? That's your religious face. You're not going to need that face today. If you could put on your theological imagination just for a moment, because I really want to dive deep and create a moment that my young flying savers will never forget in their life. And for my seasoned saints, I want to create a moment in you that'll be an aha moment because God still literally wants some things out of you that you may not be doing right right now. Like a lot of times when we get to a certain age, we feel like, well, I know the Lord. I done been through some things. But do you understand that his grace and mercy is new every day, that there's a vision, a dream, and a goal that he even has for you? 8 to 80, blind, crippled, or crazy. He has something for you to do as long as you have breath in your lungs. How many people under the sound of my voice know right now that there's more that God wants to accomplish through your life right good good well I'm in the right place so I used to be a youth pastor before I traveled the country and got on radio and start speaking everywhere and so I'm just gonna turn this into youth service this is just a young flying save service that mean if you're 150 or younger come on somebody 150 or younger you are young you are fly and you are saved okay so that's you so when I used to be a youth pastor whenever we would pull out the word of God like I would make my youth like really really turn up mama that's a good thing I know a lot of you all are pseudo sophisticated but turn up just mean we get really really loud because we believe in the infallible word of God, right? So, so when, so when I, when I, when I say, listen, I'm gonna open up the word of God. You are to make some noise. So we're opening up the word of God. Make some noise. Okay, cool. There we go. It feel like you service in here to me. It feel real you servicey in here. You 17 years old. Come on, somebody. I love it. I love it. You see how your youth is re renewing? So, so today I just want to go for Mark 8:22. Mark 8:22. Mark 8:22. Mark 8. Mark 8, 22. Mark 8, 22. Mark 8, 22. Mark 8, okay, I hope you got that message in your sha-na-na, that's where your Holy Ghost live. I want it in your sha-na-na, so when somebody calls you and they say, what was church about? You can't just say, well, we talked about Jesus. You got to say, girl, we was in there talking about Mark 8, 22, Mark 8, 22, Mark 8, 22. Okay, so what, what verse are we in? Mark 8? Okay, we got it. We got it. So the word of God declares this. Then he came to Bethsaida, and he brought a blind man to him and begged him to touch him. Next verse. So he took the blind man by the hand, led him out of the town, and when he had spit on him, spit on his eyes, he put his hands on him, and he asked him if he saw anything. And he looked up and said, I see men like trees walking. Then he put his hand on his eyes again and made him look up. And he was restored and saw everyone clearly. Last verse. Then he sent him away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. This is the word of God. I do believe it's true. The grass withered and the flowers thereof faded away, but the word of our God shall stand forever. Amen. Indeed. So if I had to title this message, I would say, 
Like, are you, I would title it, are you clear? Are you, are you clear? Are you clear? Oftentimes we're not clear in what we believe God wants from us, for us, and what he wants to do through us. And when we're not clear, we end up mandering in a maze of mediocrity for years and years and years and years because we don't see clearly what God wants to do in our life. So for me, I always like to make the word of God practical, pra practical so you can really see what happened in this text. And so this is the 2022 version of the this, of this scripture, the Willie Mo Jr. version. So before we, before we became, like, got to the scripture, so Jesus, he challenged his crew, his disciples, to go feed these people. They've been following us for three days. They hungry. If they try to walk off and do something without some food, guess what's going to happen? They're going to fall out. The disciples looking around talking about, okay, so how are we supposed to do that? Ain't no stores around here. I don't see no Wawa close. Where are we supposed to get some bread from? Jesus looks at these guys and says, man, you, do you remember what I did with the 5,000? Do you remember what I did? You guys don't even see things clearly now. Have you ever been talking to a person who may not necessarily understand the power that you have on the inside of you? It can become a little bit exhausting. So they travel to this city called Bethsaida. And it's some people who literally bring this blind guy to come see Jesus. The Bible declares that people brought him to see Jesus. I would like to say this, that these people are actually friends. And let me tell you why I call these people friends. Because friends, when you go blind in life, will take you to go see Jesus. My question to you is where do your friends take you when you go blind? See, see, a lot of times, see, not blind in the physical, but sometimes life blinds us. When somebody act crazy on Instagram and talk about you, they get on Snapchat and start sending pictures from the school. Maybe it's somebody at your job who has this very unique temperament that kind of drives you a little unique and nuts. And, but there has to be one person to come in and say, listen, let's pray about this thing. Not, yo, let's just head to the bar. Let's go get drunk. Let's go. Listen, when you go blind, you got to have some people around you who are going to say, you know what? Hey, Amen. Let's just go see Jesus. So they take him to go see Jesus. First thing Jesus does is he takes him outside of the town. Took him outside of the town. Let me tell you something. Jesus could have did it right in the place where he was. He could have did it the moment that they brought the man to him. But he grabbed him and he took him outside of the town. Why did they have to take him outside of the town? See, Bethsaida was a, was a nation that was unrepented. A group of people who had decided to turn away from the teachings of God. They worship idols. There was a lot of stuff going on in there. So Jesus took them outside of where they, he normally would do the miracle because he understood that there was a blessing on being on the outside. There are a lot of people in here like you feel like you are an outsider. You wonder why you are an outsider, why you don't have groups where you can fit in, why certain people don't even fit you in this season of your life. Let me tell you, God is taking you outside to do a miracle. 
Let me be honest with you. It gets lonely when you're on the outside. I'm going to be honest with you. It's tough being on the outside. But three things happen when you're on the outside. Number one, it gives you an opportunity to be humble. Because when you're around your friends and you're having a good time, you got a certain, certain decorum and a little swag and a little drip to you. So you don't want people to know that I don't know the answer. I don't want to go to help class. I don't understand everything because even in your job with all these new, new different things that they're putting, you got to have a Facebook page, you got to have an Instagram page, you got to know Microsoft this, Microsoft that. But if you don't really know and you're on the inside, how are you going to tell this new hire who's 20 years younger than you that you don't understand when this person could honestly take your job for less money? But if God takes you outside of the situation and gives you an opportunity to be humble, because you don't have to put on airs. You don't have to pretend to be anything that you are not. You get an opportunity to be humble. See, the thing is, pride is going to make that excuse. Humility will always make that adjustment. So God has given you an opportunity to be humble when he takes you on the outside. The second thing that God does when he takes you on the outside, he gives you an opportunity to see things differently. See, the one thing I understand about being an ex-football player is you could tell I'm five foot nothing, a hundred and nothing. I only played in high school. But because we always had somebody from a distance in the box, they always was able to see things a lot clearer and they can run plays differently because they see it from the outside. Last thing that happens when, when, when God takes you on the outside, he makes sure that the noise calms down. See, the one thing I understand about being on the outside you get an opportunity to be quiet. And God works best when he gets an opportunity to make things quiet in your life. So now you take this man and you take him on the outside. First thing Jesus does, he look at him and he say, uh, he spits on the man. Now let me be honest with you, brother. Can I just be real with you? I'm from St. Louis, Missouri, Berkeley to be exact. Median income, $17,000. Best friend named John, Derek and Jason. If Jesus would have spit on me, I'd still be out here blind because Jason, John, and Derek would have been on Jesus like with them lefts and them rights, okay? I'm just be honest with you, right? Because they was like, wait a minute, you can't spit on Lil Willie? You can't spit on Lil Willie. You cannot do that. But I noticed in the scripture that the man never said, Jesus, why did you spit on me? Because we cannot dictate the strategy that God uses for his miracle that he's using in your life. See, listen, here's the strategy. Here's the beauty and the strategy of the word of God that he can make it make sense in this time, right? So here's Jesus. He spits on the man. The man says nothing until he was asked. A lot of us are complaining because the miracle is not coming like you've seen Christian and Keisha and your other people who came up here with their testimony. Yours may have had to come through cancer. Your miracle may have come through a death of a loved one. Your miracle may have, been, been, may have to come through bullying and people talking all type of crazy at school. Your miracle may have to come different. But however God decides to give you your miracle, you got to put your shoulders back and be quiet about it until God allowed you to discover the beauty in this miracle. And listen, I don't know who I'm talking to today, but I'll be honest with you. My miracle was adoption. Never meeting anybody in my biological family until I was 40 years old. 
standing on stages all across the country, being, getting accolades and people loving on you and doing all these great things, never knowing, looking in the mirror, not knowing who my mother or my father was. In fact, I would stand on stages and say, if my mother walked down the aisle and gave me a hug, I wouldn't know who she was. But that was my miracle. That was symbolic of Jesus saying, What's your miracle? See, that divorce may, have been, may, may look tough, but that may be the very thing that God uses to birth the ministry out of you. Your dad not being in your life, and you having to father these children, and being a mother through these children without a true example of what God really, really does, that may be tough. <sighs> that may be a strategy. The Bible declares that, that, that he, see, he sees the man and he touches the man with the spit. And, and then the man, the man got spit all on him and he touched him. He said, what do you see? He said, he say, I see men, but they look like big trees walking. You see men, but they look like trees. Wait a minute, just real quick. So if you're born blind, how do you know what trees look like? The revelation of the text tells us this right here, that this man wasn't born blind because he knew what trees were. He had a point of reference of a former sight that he had in his life. He's looking and he's like, oh my God, it's coming back. I see men, but they look like trees going. How did this happen? Because this man was not born blind. He went blind. Here's the catch 22. Many of you have gone blind. You were clear in that pandemic because God has spoke some things over you and this house. But the distractions came back the moment that we went back into the real world. And now you see those bills as big trees walking. You see these issues, these problems, and these trials as men, but you see them as big trees walking. But guess what? We serve a God of the second chance. Here's the beauty of it all. I really want you to catch the beauty of it all because this is what we do, church, and I'm going to be honest with you. We even teach our youth this. He's in the presence of Jesus, but he was honest, open, and transparent. He was hot. See, when you get touched by Jesus, spit on by Jesus, touched by Jesus in the house, the first thing that we like to do is we get the music up real loud and we say, hey, doom, 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 doom. This man was honest, open, and transparent. He said, bro, it got to be something better than this in front of Jesus. It's okay to be honest in the presence of the Lord. It's okay to be real that you've been touched in church. You love God. God touched you in this church and you're like, man, I really felt that thing and you went back and you did some things that you weren't supposed to do. Jesus was a gentleman about it. He said, wow. This is my theological imagination. He's like, he touched him. He's like, what you see? He said, I see men, big trees walking. Jesus is like, goodness, what happened with the... <laughs> Okay, okay. That didn't hit like I wanted to, right? But Jesus did not blame him. And somebody needs to know this today. Jesus is not blaming you. He didn't start saying, see, the reason why it didn't work is because you was at this place last night and you did this and you shouldn't have cussed that person out. And you remember when you was in traffic, he didn't start bringing up all the things that this man may have not done right. The people brought him to him. He simply did this. The Bible declares that he says, Okay, yeah, let me try this one more time. This time he didn't spit. 
He said, yeah, what do you see? What do you see now? That second church. He's the second touch. The man said, I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Some of you honestly are in need of a second touch so God can make your situation clearer. He desires to give you a second touch if you ask for it. He desires to do you good. How do I know? I've been in the same situation over and over again when I needed a second chance and a second touch. Literally, on January 6, 2009, I always love to share my adoption story. If you don't mind, put my mother and father up there. January 6, 2009, January 6, 2009, I had given my life to the Lord. By now, before then, I was this guy named Pretty Willie. Now, if you can see right now, the pretty gone. I'm just trying to hold on to handsome to the best of my ability, okay? That's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to hold on as much as I can, you know that? So I'm singing R&B and hip-hop. It's this guy in St. Louis. His name is like, I don't know if you know, his name is Nelly. He's selling like 30 million records, and he signed to Universal. I'm signed to Universal. He sells 30 million records. I sell 30 total. That's about it. That's all I... That's about all I sold. They hurry up and got me off that record label. I had to become an entrepreneur on accident. Praise the Lord. Came out with a song, Lay Your Body Down, Four Walls. I'm blowing up and things are good. And my purpose partner tells me, you know what I think you should do? I said, what do you think I should do? She says, I think you should probably go meet your biological family. I'm like, well, I don't need to get my biological family at this time. Um, I'm hood rich at this point. I, yeah, I'm doing pretty good with my life. I don't want nobody trying. You know, you see the movies where somebody try to come back and get that little money off of you. And I was just like, no, no, no. I'm, I'm rich now. I don't No, I don't need them. See, rich back then was $50,000, okay? A strong 50000 in the bank sitting somewhere? Rich. God is exceedingly abundantly above all everything for me with fifty grand. I had the big old chain on with the big old rims, had about five TVs in the back. Never understood why I had so many TVs at that point. I ain't got but two eyes and two passengers. I don't know why the TV was back for the people. That was hood stuff, you know that? But I'm doing good with myself. And January 6, 2009, after working with the adoption agencies in St. Louis, Missouri, they tell me, Willie Moore Jr., we found, your, like, like January 6, 2009, I write this letter to my mama. At this time, I'm an artist, still talking about are you clear because a second encounter always helps, right? So they said, Willie, do you, would, you mind, would, you, would, you, would you write a letter? I wrote a song because I was a musician. I, what, I, what I said, I got a letter the other day from the agency. They told me I got a brother who looked just like me. I want to see him and personally meet him, introduce him to his nephew. His name's Khalil. But as far as you mama, I promise there has not been a day that I don't pray that you okay, you didn't make a mistake. I was writing to my mama. Beautiful moment. But on January 6, 2009, January 6, 2009, see, that was the day that I was to start this ministry. Young Fly say, we're going to make sure every young person know that they can come in with a ball cap, some J's on, and enjoy themselves. We got a DJ, and we blowing up. Woo, it's about to happen. I got a vision. January 6, 2009. January 6, 2009. January 6, 2009. Yeah, see, that was the day that Laura Winters called me back from the adoption agency. And she said, Willie Moe Jr. I said, what's going on? She said, uh, Willie, I said, I'm in church by now. 
I'm like, you don't sound too enthusiastic the way you're supposed to sound. And I began to start going into my church religious jargon. You can't take my joy, no. You can't take my joy. I got it in my shot now, now you know that? But she says, Willie, listen, listen, I, listen. I don't know how to say this. I know you wrote that beautiful song. And she said, we found your mother. By now, I'm ready to do the shout dance. You know the shout dance? I'm ready to do the shout dance. And then she slows up, middle-aged white woman. She says, Willie, we found your mother, but unfortunately, she just doesn't want to meet you. She don't want to meet me. I see men, but they look like big trees walking. I mean, I'm in church. I, I gave up that life that I thought was contrary to the word of God. You mean she, she just don't want to meet me? I got on my knees, I prayed. And I said, Lord, I don't understand this. I see men, but they, they look like big, big trees walking. I got up and I decided that we're going to still keep it going. So I started that ministry, Young Fly Say. And hundreds of thousands of young people gave their life to the Lord. Here's the thing. When it doesn't work out the way you planned it or the way you want it to work out, God wants to use it for his glory. I begin to tell this story, and what you're feeling in this room right now with no music or nothing is the power of the Holy Spirit making, me, making you feel what I felt in that moment, right? This story always speaks to the hearts of God's people. But I want to let you know that God wants to use your story as well to speak to the hearts of his people as well. It didn't work out for me in that moment the way I thought it was going to work out. That was the time when I probably should have said, in most cases, this Jesus stuff don't work. What these church people saying, man, it ain't true. I prayed. I fasted. I did all of the stuff that they told me to do, and it still didn't work out. But it goes back to my first point. We cannot dictate to God how he wants to do his miracle. And that don't feel good all the time. It's somebody in here today prophetically by the word, of, by, by, by the Holy Spirit prophetically, I'm telling you, you got to get rid of that small little anger that you still have for God because your loved one left. You did all of the systematic things that you thought you were supposed to do. You prayed, you fasted, you declared, you did all of that stuff and they still went home and you still walk around with a heavy burden because you thought God should have done something different. God says release that today. No music. I see you in the back, sir. Praise God. He said, release that today. He said, release that today. Let me tell you why. Let me tell you why. The Bible declares that man, he, he sees the outside. But God, he's judging the heart. The Bible also declares that everything flows through this, this thing that we call the heart. So if God is judging the heart, the enemy is after your heart. If he's judging the heart, the enemy is after your heart. He wants to make your heart so hard that God can't get nothing to you or through you. 
Without emotional music, I really want you to feel this. I told you, you wouldn't need your religious face today. I just want you to keep your, I, wanna, I want you to keep, I want you to keep your, your, your eyes on and understand. Young people, I want you to get this too. Because there's going to be some real disappointments. Like you doing exactly what your mama told you to do. But you can go right back to school and somebody still can make fun of you and bully you and do all this other stuff. And you like, God, come on, like what's happening? You want me to do something or are you going to do something? <laughs> Because I'm good. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you. You know, I told you, take your religious face off. Five foot nothing, a hundred nothing. I was real good with these, though. Okay? This was my solution. I could do this. But when I got in Christ, I said, God, I'm going to let you fight my battles. I need you to fight my battles. He said, listen, vengeance is mine, says the Lord. Come on with that. I see men, but they look like big trees walking. Yeah. Worship music, please, as we begin to kind of land this plane. As we, as I'm sitting there, I take this story of my mom not wanting to meet me. I take it all around the world. It landed me in this house. It landed me in, in Dubai. It landed me on radio. It landed me in Ethiopia. We ended up starting pushing this adoption movement. Every time I get clear on adoptions, distractions come out the woodwork. Every time I got a clear path, a clear plan, distractions come. Somebody needs to know this just before we land this plane. If God can't make you fall, he'll distract you out of your destiny. That's what he'll do. He'll just distract you. He'll just keep distracting you and giving you different things. But here's the catch 22. Don't miss this part. I know. I, I really want you to get this part. 2020, we get this thing called the coronavirus. I made a joke online, had to take that joke back. I said, listen, the only corona I know about is on Taco Tuesday. I was just joking and having fun, even on the radio, just having too much fun. And then it started happening. And I remember when it came, the pandemic, I thought to myself, God, you can't give a pandemic. I got all these plans. I got all these things that I want to do. He said, I'm doing something. I said, okay. Purpose partner said, listen, do you get your, did you get your birth certificate from the state of Missouri? I said, my birth certificate, no. She said, you going to fill out for it? I said, yeah. Guess what I did, y'all? I lied. But I ended up giving it to her. I get my birth certificate. They find out what my mother's name was. She calls me on a Tuesday and she says, Willie, Willie, are you sitting down? I was like, yeah, I'm sitting down. She said, listen, I know that your mama refused to meet you. Later on, I found out that she was dead from the agency, same woman that called me. I was so mad. I told you you won't need your religious face on this one because I'm going to be real. I was mad. You mean you gave me up for adoption because I didn't see it as a promotion at the time. You refused to meet me and then you died? Oh, come on, God. You got to do something for me. Oh, yeah, I want you to feel this in your heart because religion has taught us that sometimes we don't feel frustration. And we'll mask over our frustration instead of submitting it to God. But I told God, this hurts. In fact, somebody just need to see what that looked like. Because you've seen, you seen, you seen all the crying prayers. And you've seen people do this. But let me just show you what this looks like when it don't feel so good. Okay, God, listen. 
Father, I love you. I thank you so much for being God and God alone. I trust you. I honor you. However, I do not understand this. Then I pick up my phone and I go to scriptures to help me hear what he's saying. What does that mean? What does God say about depression? Google. While I'm on my knees, openbibleapp.com, and I go look at these scriptures and I just look at them until the Lord begins to speak. And finally, in that particular moment, he didn't speak through his word. He spoke through an audible voice and he let me know he was doing something. Watch this. She calls me. She says, listen, I found your biological brother. I see men, but they look like big trees walking. You want to see him? I said, sure, I see him. I look on Instagram. He kind of looked like me. He just heavy setting a lot taller. Don't take much, okay? Praise the Lord. Don't take much to be taller than me. But I'm a giant in the spirit, right? So here's the catch 22. She she calls me back. She says, Willie, um, I got a picture of your grandmama. She did. I see a death certificate for her. I said, send me the picture. I look at my grandmama, first time, 40 years. I said, ooh. They do look like my, my grandmama. Look like she can make a mean sweet potato pie too. I just want to tell you about my grandmama. Look like she can make a, a mean sweet potato pie. See, my grandfather, he's gone on to glory. Finally, she calls me back and she says, Willie, I want to send you a picture of your mama. I see men, but they, they look like big trees walking. I said, send it. I seen it. I was like, wow, just for the first time, 40 years, I get a chance to see my mama. Can't meet her, she gone. I found peace in that until the phone rang again. I said, this girl called me one more time on a Tuesday. I'm going to turn to a book that ain't in the Bible. Praise be to God. Pray for me, saints. I'm trying to live up to all that Pastor Oliver see in me. I'm trying to live up to it, but she called one more time. I done slipped backwards. Okay, pray for me. She calls back. She says, Willie. And now she breathing hard. I'm just like, oh, God, what's going on? She says, Willie, this woman ain't dead if this is your mama. I said, wait a minute. You, you mean a tip? She said, this woman, Katrina, is not dead. I see men, but they look like big trees walking. I'm so blessed to say this. It didn't happen January 6, 2009. But in 2020, God decided to give me a second touch. The first time, I see men, but they look like big trees walking. Second time, he decided, I'm going to give you your mother. I end up walking in with and I met my biological mama for the first time during the pandemic. And I can see clearly now the rain is gone. She made everything clear. I said, you, you, you refused to meet me January 6, 2009. She said, no, I don't remember that. I said, well, why don't you remember that? She said, because in 2008, I suffered with a brain aneurysm. I was fighting for my life. Pause, I want to stop at that intersection. A lot of you in, in here, you just really need to know the truth. 
you mad at your daddy because you didn't necessarily know why he did what he did but all he needed is a great conversation you're a christian now you can forgive yeah yeah so, some some people just need to reconcile with their children i know they say some things that hurt your heart you work too hard for somebody to talk to you like that and you walk around with all enough forgiveness but the truth is some really good communication could change things because you're a christian the word communication derives from a Latin word called communicare, simply meaning a foundation and a common ground. Jesus gives us that through his word. He communicares a foundation. We find a common ground and we walk that thing out. That is what you are called to do in the earth as Christians. I literally had a commu communication with my mama and all went well. And I can see clearly now. Today, I'm blessed to say this. My mom, when I meet her, she said, your name, your name is Willie. I said, yeah, I'm named after Willie Moore Sr., my daddy. Yeah, he's 90 years old, best man I ever met in my life. She said, no, 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 I know that, I know that. But, 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 but you, you're also named after my dad. Your grandfather name is Willie. told me up then I end up asking her like when was your, when your birthday she said January 12th see it's another lady named Flora Moore who adopted me and every January the 12th she loved God but she's still in the process I have to take on her birthday to that boat over there, she tell me, put a mask on, don't worry about it, because she want to go play games, you know that? <laughs> no, nah, don't talk about my mama, pray for my mama. I'm putting a prayer request right here on the altar. <laughs> Every January the 12th, that's what she want to do. I know you preaching, put that mask on, it's in now. You going to go with me. I said, mama, listen, I don't want to go in there. I'm love, love God, all that. She said, I want to play till my arm get tired. <laughs> Y'all pray for my mama, don't talk about my mama. But the thing was, January the 12th, I was celebrating Flora Moore, but I was also celebrating Katrina Walton, my biological mother, because they shared the, they shared the same birthday. I can see clearly now the rain is gone. Today, my mother and my mother, they speak every other day. And I'm blessed to say that I have two mothers, two fathers. One father, one dad. Because <laughs> no other man is like Willie J. Are you clear on the timing of God as his choice? I want to show you these two ladies. Can you show a picture of mama and mama for me if you don't mind? Are you clear, is my question, that God is using you in this moment to see a testimony that literally is going to change the world? And what he wants you to know is that the way he's going to do your miracle is that he's developing a testimony for you too. When we go outside of this, these walls, some people don't want to hear our Bible. They want to hear what we've been through. You have to be strong enough 
long enough to create a testimony that can be impactful in this world. And I want you to go tell it. You got to go tell it. See, I know what's going on in Philly. You know what's going on in Philly. It's something but a remnant of you guys standing on this. When you go back to school, they don't want to, they want like what you've been through. And so you got to create your testimony. You got to watch God, what he does, not complain about it. Listen, when I came in the house, mama ain't had no food. So I started working. You know why I got a full ride scholarship? Because I promised that woman that she was never going to have to work another day in her life when she was seven years old. When I was seven years old. Because she worked as a housekeeper. She worked as a housekeeper. She cleaned up after doctors. And I made sure at seven years old, I told my mama, you ain't going to never have to work another day in your life. And I'm not saying this to impress you, but to impress a point upon you. I made that decision at seven. It didn't happen until I was 35. But she never have to work another day in her life. What am I saying? Young flying savers, you have to make sure that you have your why intact to make sure that you live out this life. Not only are you doing it for God, but you get an opportunity to break generational curses. You get an opportunity to say, listen, my dad may have did this, mama may have did this, but I'm going to be the person who changed the legacy of my family. When they brought me back to this family, I'm going to be honest with you, a lot of people are doing a lot of great things, but a lot of people aren't doing what I'm doing. And I said, God, you took me away for a moment to come back to be the example to a people who really needs to know what we can do in the earth. What am I telling you? If you are on the outside, God's going to bring you back into the inside. But this time, you're going to be different. Last thing the scripture says, if we can go to Mark 8:26. Mark 8, 26. Then he sent them away to his house saying, neither go into the town nor tell anyone in the town. One virgin says, listen, don't you go back over there. That's the Willie Moore Jr. version. Don't you go back over there. And don't you tell nobody what I did. Don't you go, don't you go back over there. He said, don't go back to the place where he found him. I noticed that the Bible didn't say that the three people or the people who brought him there, Jesus didn't tell them that they couldn't go back, but he told him he couldn't go back because his miracle had happened. What I'm telling you today is that you cannot go back to that nilly-mouthing and complaining about what happened to you. You got to use it for God's glory. You cannot go back to complaining and speaking out of your mouth. I wish somebody would have did this. I wish somebody would have did that. God gave you exactly what you were supposed to, to have so you can go out there and use it for his glory. Now it's up to you to seek his face every single day and say, God, how do you want to use this? I don't care if you are 90 years old. My daddy, he worked for Home Depot right now. He's been retired twice. And if you ask him every single day, 90 years old, daddy, how are you doing? He said, I never had it so good. I said, you never had it so good? Uh-uh. I grew up as a sharecropper. He, 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 he all his business. I grew up as a sharecropper. Yeah. I used to pick 100, 100 pounds of cotton. Yeah, sure did. Then I went to the army. He uses what God has given him to be a testimony to everybody he comes in contact with. What has God trusted you with? What story does God want to use for his glory? I believe by faith in this moment that there's just a few people without emotional music who will literally say, God, I need a second touch and I need a second chance. I need to see it the way you need me to see it. Without emotional music, if that's you, if you noticed, I didn't stand up there. I stood at the altar 
because I have some things in my life that I also need to see clearly. So symbolically of where I want you to stand, as we stand as a unit for what we believe God is going to do with our story, symbolically of what we believe God is going to do with our legacy, our life, and our lineage, if you know you need a second encounter with God because the first time got a little cloudy for you, without delay, can you come to this altar as we believe that life can change at the altar? If that's you, come on down with me right now. And if we could, no emotional music, please. Because this is not an emotional moment. This is a transformative moment. I told you we wouldn't need our religious face today. Because God wants to do something special in New Covenant. He wants to do something special here. In fact, he's already doing something special here. He's cleaning out our hearts again so we can be free to be who he wants us to be. Nobody can do what you can do. Nobody can change lives the way you can change lives. Nobody can tell your testimony the way he wants, to tell, the way he wants you to tell your testimony. It's young girls out there who need to know what you overcame. It's young men out there who need to know that you may not have had the right example. You may have made mistakes. You know, working in youth ministry as I close because we only got two minutes left, guess what? Working in youth ministry, this is what I understand about statistics, right? We worry about gun violence in Philadelphia. It's about 2% chance of your child getting hurt, 2 to 5%. 96% of every child, high school to elementary, says they have emotional abuse from parents, which means the power of life and death is in our tongue, but we keep speaking over our children our own baggage, our own hurt, our own pains. It's because you haven't given it to God, church. We only do what we see, but if we release on this altar, I believe that you won't see bad, you'll see busy. I believe you won't see lack, you'll see the provision that God has given you. I believe that you won't see people through the lens of your own personal hurts. You'll get an opportunity to see the hurt as an opportunity. This is my new opportunity to say, devil, you will no longer jade me with this hurt. I see men, but they look like big trees walking. It goes today in Jesus' name. Here's the thing, it's not about a man. I understand that my ministerial style is extremely unique. I dare not say new or different. In my personal opinion, that would be prideful. It may be unique, but I come in my own uniqueness to show you that God wants to use your uniqueness too. It may not be on the stage at church. It may be in the break room. It may be at the stoplight. It may be in the mall. It may be at the nursing home. It may be in the children's ministry. Stop being a carbon copy of what you've seen and ask God how he wants you to do it. And I say this in all humility. They don't pay me hundreds of thousands of dollars just to be 
everybody else. You lean to your uniqueness, that's where your provision is going to be. For I declare that you are the head and not the tail. That you are above and not beneath. That you are the lender and not the borrower. That everything you touch shall be blessed. Through your uniqueness. Through your uniqueness. Say, I'm unique. Say, I'm unique. Say, I'm unique. Lean on your uniqueness. God gave you that for a reason. So as we pray at this altar, probably the first time you've ever been to the altar without emotional music, but you still feel the power of the Holy Spirit. This is literally the atmosphere that I want you to start creating in your car. Sometimes that music just distracts you. You got to sit in there quiet even when it hurt. See, this is what I had to learn when my mama said she didn't want to meet me. It wasn't no song that could give me peace. It wasn't no melody that can make me calm. The only thing that could give me is just a quiet, subtle voice from the Lord, and it could only happen this way. So, Father God, for those who are here at this altar, broken, hurt, downtrodden, issue after issue, Father, we pray that you fix us, creating us a burning desire that requires you. We've been through a lot, but we know you've been there the whole time. Open up our eyes to see things clearly. Let us understand why we had to go through what we go through. Understand the season that we're in. Holy Spirit, I pray that they would be obedient to turn off the noise for a moment in hopes that they could hear a word from you. Father, I pray for everybody right now. I pray for their families. I pray that their hope would only be found in you without distractions. And Father, I thank you right now, Lord, that perfect people don't go to heaven, but forgiven people do. And through your son, Jesus, right now, we believe that we're forgiven. For there is no longer any condemnation in Christ Jesus, Lord. Convict our hearts on what directions we're supposed to go, what directives you have for us. But from this moment on, I declare in the name of Jesus, through every tear will be clear. Through every issue will be clear. Through everything we go through, we will be clear. And we will walk boldly into our destiny, believing by faith that the Holy Spirit is guiding us and our lives will never be the same. With all heads bowed and all eyes closed, maybe you're here and you say, Willie Moore Jr., man, I need to create an opportunity to connect with Jesus. Is that you? Even if you're in the back, you say, Willie Moore Jr., I want to say yes to Jesus. I want to give him my life. I want him to, to govern my life, to lord over my life. I want him to be my all in all. If that's you and you have a burning desire, not, a, not just a complacent, I think so, but I got a burning desire to know Jesus in a more intimate way. If that's you with all heads bowed and eyes closed, Maybe you raise your hand for your nephew right now. And nobody's watching. Nobody has a heaven and hell to put you in. Praise the Lord. I see you. Yep. Praise the Lord. Nobody has a heaven or hell to put you in. Some of you guys want to say yes to Jesus, but you keep running back to the same habit and same habit and same issue, and you think it's not going to work this time. Let me tell you something. Jesus is going to be with you, and in that process, I dare you to start talking to him, but today you got to make a decision. You got to say, listen, I got to rock with this Jesus differently. I got to go this way. This is the way that I need to go. If you know that's you, I'm going to give you one moment to raise your hand high, because if you're ashamed of him on this, side he'll be ashamed of you on the other side I see you I see you say this prayer with me hands down say this prayer say Lord God collectively all of us Lord God 
I repent for every part of me that's not like you. Today I make a true decision to make Jesus Christ the Lord of my life. And with my decision, I believe that I am saved and my best days are ahead of me. In Jesus' name. Y'all make some noise like the angels rejoicing in heaven. Yeah. Good. Thank you for joining us in service today. We pray that this ministry has been a blessing to you and your family. To give your gift of love and help keep this ministry on the air, visit nccop.church giving for all of the ways that you can donate to the ministry. Thank you so much for your generosity and God's blessings until we meet again.